This is Write Your Own Story, Three Keys to Rise and Thrive in Life and Business. I'm your host, Rebecca Fleetwood Hessian. So I stumbled on this quote from Andrew Huberman the other day, and it's the reason to deliberately do hard things is so that when non-self-elected challenges arrive, and they will, you can tell yourself, I don't know how this is all going to turn out, but I'm certain I can do hard things. Don't self-injure, but doing hard things is always worthwhile. And that has got me thinking in a million different directions that I have been able to, I hope, summarize into a worthy episode today. (laughs) And I can't help but giggle about this topic because yesterday, under the umbrella of doing hard things, one of my, maybe it's a toxic trait, maybe it's a really good thing, I haven't decided yet, but when I feel really overwhelmed and activated in areas of my life, one of my self-care strategies is redecorating rooms in my house or cleaning out closets. And so I've had two weeks of travel and lots of disruption to my routine and my brain on fire with business ideas, things for the book that I'm starting to frame out. And I'm taking my keynote business to a whole new level next year. And so I've attended a I joined a community for keynote speakers to get on big stages, a community called Impact 11, where people like Mel Robbins have been a part of this community, you know, so I'm ready to level up. And that's a beautiful, hard thing. And so when my brain gets completely overstimulated and activated, my nervous system, even in a good way, one of the calming things that I do is to redecorate something. And it's this sort of instant gratification of just rearranging furniture and saying, oh, I love the way that looks. It's beautiful. And then that feels calming. And then I can go do the rest of the work. And so one of the hard things that I did yesterday was, y'all, I do not recommend this. And I think it's super important to say in Andrew Huberman's quote that I just read to you, one of the things that he's very clear about is don't self-injure. Okay, so here's what I did yesterday. I looked at my master bedroom and I said, I'm tired of this. It's been this way since I moved in here seven years ago. This has got to change. And this has been on my mind for a minute. Well, I I bought two antique dressers from my grandparents' estate this year. And they've been in my garage. And y'all know I'm single, right? Adult kids who are working retail. Cameron's in Nashville. Auburn's always working. And so it was just me here in the house, ready to redo my master bedroom, thinking, "Mm, yeah, I want to put those two antique dressers in my bedroom, which meant carrying out the heavy-ass antique dresser that I bought at an estate sale 10 years ago and redid that was already in there. Y'all, go to my TikTok. Go to Rebecca Fleetwood Hessian on TikTok if you want to see a little bit about how that went. (laughs) I really should have a video crew with me all the time, seriously. And so I carried an antique dresser out, and then I carried two antique dressers up the stairs into my new redone master bedroom. 
and it's coming along. It's we're almost there. I've, I've got some new bedding I'm getting for Christmas and some things that it's going to be great. But I tell you that because don't self injure. My back today is like, girl, what were you thinking? Well, what I was thinking was I wanted it done yesterday and there was nobody here to help me. So we can do hard things, but it's it comes with some cautionary tales. <laughs> so I want to talk about more than my bedroom redo. I'll send you pictures of that online at some point. I want to talk about this idea of deliberately doing hard things as a means to tap into motivation. Now, if you don't know Andrew Huberman, he's a neuroscientist. He's a professor at Stanford University, and his specialty area is in visualization and and brain development. And so he reminds us in his work that We can't really control the mind with the mind because everything starts with sensing things around us and perceiving what that is and then feeling and then thinking and acting. And so when we try to take that positive thinking approach to mindset, it doesn't always work for everybody. And even for overly optimistic people like me, it's not always the best approach. And so what Huberman says is instead start with action. So if you're going for the positive route, you can start with a take a positive action, something that's tangible and concrete. Maybe it's writing down things that you're grateful for would be a positive approach that's tangible and concrete that you can you could do something, right? And then that positive action would generate the feelings that you want that interrupt negative patterns because it always starts with feelings. But What he says in doing hard things intentionally is sometimes we need a reset to our motivation in that by doing something challenging or uncomfortable, maybe not necessarily enjoyable, but if we engage in activities that suck, again, but are safe, (laughs) carrying antique dressers, not for everybody, but in that process of doing something challenging that sucks, we disrupt the patterns And so instead of waiting for motivation, we take action. And in taking action on something that sucks and doing that unpleasant activity, intentionally creating some discomfort, we can then disrupt our emotional state. And we get this bigger contrast between what is in that comfort zone and to discomfort. And by doing that, Our brain is always like seeking equilibrium, seeking steadiness and safety. And so we were able to release some dopamine by engaging in that challenging activity. And then it changes that baseline of our motivation. Okay, that was a lot of like summarization of deep science, but hopefully you get the point. So to reset our motivation and get out of that just stuck. I don't feel motivated. I don't feel engaged. Doing something that sucks deliberately can be a way to do that. Okay, so that post got me thinking, okay, I get that. I get that. And, however, but I always, not always, mostly see things in relationship to what I know about burnout because that's where I spend most of my time helping my clients understand burnout and ban it and deal with it, right? So the definition of burnout is a devotion to a cause or a job or a career that failed to produce the expected reward. And so that got me thinking about, okay, so the problem with 
burnout, career burnout is the expected reward piece. Like we devoted ourselves to this career and it didn't produce this expected reward. Well, oftentimes two things have happened. The expected reward usually early in our career was to make money and let me go get a job with good pay and benefits. And money over time is not a great motivator. And so we make enough money to live comfortably. I'm going somewhere with this. Like, hang, hang on with me. Then we're comfortable. We can buy the granite countertops or get the new shoes that we want on a Friday night. We can pay our bills. And now we're like, oh, oh, oh. this just isn't doing it for me anymore. And so if we take Huberman's quote about deliberately doing hard things, then doing something challenging deliberately could get us out of that stuckness. But if we're already in burnout, our job feels like a hard thing all the time. And so that doing hard things feels like, really, I go do hard things every damn day. I go to this job. I deal with these people. That's just not going to sit well if you're in burnout to say, yeah, sign me up for more hard things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because there's a lot of other quotes out there on the interwebs talking about, especially women, that say, um, you know, I don't want to be resilient anymore. I'm tired of doing hard things. The one that gets repeated the most says, I dream of never being called resilient again in my life. I am exhausted by strength. I want support. I want softness. I want ease. I want to be amongst kin, not patted on the back for how well I take a hit or for how many. And so that quote starts swimming around in my mind. Can you imagine like if you there was a thought bubble over my brain? Like l- literally, I'd be walking around the Target and you think I'm just looking at candles. This is what's in my head constantly. I wish I knew exactly who to attribute that quote to because it got shared a ton of times, but not attributed to anybody in particular. And so then that got me thinking about, you know, our drama triangle. You can go back to that episode and find it. But what we need to create the life we want is nurturing and coaching. And so if we're tired of being resilient because we're tired of just dealing with the everyday burnout of surviving the lives that we have. And so we do need nurturing. We need to feed, we need those soft relationships that love us and nurture us and care for us. Amen, 100%. I'm so grateful for the friends that I have that, that provide that for me. But also coaching is part of building a great life. And so I started thinking about if we want to deliberately do hard things to get us unstuck and get us into this new level of motivation, and we want to create a life that's meaningful to us, then our devotion need not be to the specific job that we have right now or the career that we have right now in this way that we're creating our own life. What if you applied this idea of doing hard things intentionally to something that you want, something that's important to you, not just the career that you have, not just the job that you have, but the life that you want? What if you said, you know what, I'm going to devote some time for 2024 into exploring the things that are important to me. And maybe one of those hard things 
is for you to decide who you are and what you want your life to be. So instead of just being in constant pursuit of the next project or the next meeting or the next promotion or the next thing devoted to your current career, what if you took some time to say, what do I want? And I don't think you need to quit your job or become an entrepreneur or go completely solo on deciding what you want. In fact, I think that wouldn't be good for a lot of people. Being an entrepreneur isn't all butterflies and sexiness. It's not for everybody. But I do think that everybody needs to think about what is the life that they want. How do you want it to feel? So the first hard thing might be just to sit down and do that work. Decide what life you want. In fact, on January 8th, for the ladies, the Badass Women's Council is hosting, which is me, I'm hosting for the badass women in my world, a planning session free, two hours, 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Go to RebeccaFleetwoodHessian.com and sign up. I'll send you a Zoom link. And I'm going to teach you about helping to plan next year authentically. And what is the life that you want? So maybe that's the first hard thing. But I think there's many of you that you already have things that you're curious about, interested in, that you are just putting to the side and haven't really taken action on it. You're just wondering about it. Maybe it's time to bring that thing into 2024 and take some action in at least learning about it. Take some of the attention off the job that you have that might just be spinning and maybe on a path to burnout and write down some things that have been interesting to you. Because Daniel Pink, in his book, Drive, which is all about motivation, he says that the keys to motivation are autonomy, mastery, and purpose. And so to me, autonomy and authenticity, of course, are linked. And so maybe it's time for you to take some action on something that you can get good at or start to understand more about that's aligned to your authentic purpose, something that you want to do. And again, it doesn't have to be like, I'm going to quit my job and go start a new thing. In fact, my neighbor, Rachel Day, who's young, she has started, a, she has a career, she has a great career with a great company that she loves and she's great at, but she's doing this side hustle business with a partner that's a red light sauna therapy studio. And she put this thing together. Now, she'd been thinking about it a while, but she put this thing together fast, like in months once she got going on it. Was it hard? Yeah. Did she have to study and understand about this business and about this equipment and redo the space? And was that hard? Yes. While she was working another job. And y'all, this place is gorgeous. In fact, she's coming on the podcast next year, 2024. And she's going to tell you all about red light therapy and sauna and the benefits. But She's also going to talk about the process of taking action on the stream. I saw a post from an acquaintance yesterday where this woman had originally chosen pre-med in her career education choice when she was 18. And now she's got adult kids. And she's done a lot with her medical training. But she said, you know what? I do want that fine art degree. 
and she's going back to school, to art school. Is that going to be hard? Yeah. Is she doing it while she's doing her other work? Yeah. And if you've been around here for any amount of time, you know I often say, you don't need another degree. You don't need another certification to thrive. You already have everything you need within you. And I believe that. But I want to take it to another level of clarity on what I mean by that. Too often, and I'm talking very often, someone will go get another degree or a certification to deal with burnout, but they're doing it to prove themselves, which is the very first root cause of burnout. I'm going to prove myself with this degree so that people will see me and then want to promote me or pay me more. It's a terrible strategy. Because you're spending more money in hopes that somebody acknowledges you so that you can make more money. Don't do that. But I think it's beautiful when you've decided what you want, like this acquaintance had, and then go get a certification or a degree. That's aligned to your authenticity. That's aligned to your purpose and your autonomy. Go learn something hard that's aligned to who you are. One of my friends, Kathy Miller, she had been a president of a large organization, Fortune 50 company. And she came to me for coaching when she left that job. And she said, I think I want to go back and get a degree. And my first reaction was, oh, Lord, you've been the president of this huge organization. What the heck do you need another degree for? And I thought it was this like prove yourself, but it wasn't. It was a passion that she had had for decades around human psychology and business. And she went to Penn State and got this degree and met this whole community of people that are passionate about this kind of work. And now she's using it in her own coaching business. Was that hard? Yeah. I was coaching her through the process. It was really hard. Did she love it? Yeah. And so doing a hard thing aligned to you, not to prove yourself, but to know yourself. That, I think, would be the most amazing thing that you could do for next year, not aligned to a career thing. And maybe a hard thing is maybe it's aligned to just a better version of you. Maybe studying human behavior, nervous system, communication, so that you can decide how to put boundaries around some tough family relationships. Study it first. Understand it so that you can do the hard thing of putting those boundaries up. Maybe the hard thing is you want to quit drinking. Maybe the hard thing is you want to learn ballroom dancing. I have two friends that have done competitive ballroom dancing while they were doing their regular career. Was that hard? Yes. Courtney Warren and Brittany Overbeck, two friends, real examples. Look them up. Brittany still travels and does competitive ballroom dancing and runs a bridal business and just got a real estate license. Were those things hard? Yes. Were they aligned to things they cared about? Yes. Maybe the hard thing is you're finally going to ask for the divorce. I just had a client and a friend that has been in an emotionally abusive relationship for a while. And she finally did the hard thing. She's finding herself again. I'm not a proponent of divorce. It's hard. It's terrible. Don't do it unless you know it has to be done. But sometimes it has to be done. Do the hard thing next year. Do some research around that dream idea that you've had. 
about a business or about something that you care about. Somebody saw that I had posted about this business that my neighbor Rachel started and she said, oh my gosh, I've always wanted to have like a sauna, salt cave kind of business. And she's in the midst of raising three little boys all under the age of nine. So this stage of her life probably isn't, her life is hard every day. But you know what she can do? She can start doing some research about those kinds of businesses. How much money would it actually take? What if I took X number of dollars a week and just put it away for that thing that I'm dreaming about? Just take some action on a hard thing. What if you wanted to add a sunroom onto your house so you learned how to do drywall or you learned how to frame something so that you could do parts of that job yourself? There's something for next year aligned to who you are and what you care about, that's a hard thing that could really unlock some motivation that's not just about the meeting schedule or the crappy boss that you've got going to work every day in a job that's no longer lighting you up, but you really need and want that paycheck. Great. I get it. But add something to the list for 2024 that's for you that's hard. What do you love? Go learn about it. What do you think? You know what I would love for you to do? Is message me and say, here's the hard thing that I'm going to do. Maybe if enough of you do that, then I'll do a, maybe another free session about, okay, let's dive into the hard things and do it together. I don't know. I'm always willing to put a group together. But for reals, come on January the 8th at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Spend two hours with me. There's already several people signed up, amazing people. It's virtual. I don't care where you are. Come on in. And let's talk about authenticity for next year. What do you want to be? What do you want your life to be like? And I'm going to give you practical, tactical tools, like downloads of worksheets that you can use. And it's going to be fun and I'm excited about it. Hey, speaking of people that decided to take action on hard things, another example of that is my friend Emily Shaw. Emily is an amazing singer, but not a lot of people know that because she hadn't put herself on a stage since she was in a punk band when she was in her early 20s. <laughs> now, she is one of the top sales coaches in the country for Sandler locally. Her business is Lucian. That's how she makes her living, and she makes a good living. But we were talking about her passion for music several months ago, and I said, hey, I think you should be the entertainment for the 2024 Stand Tall in Your Story event. Would you do it? And she said yes. And then do you know that after she said yes to that, another group asked her to be their lead singer and she is been she's been on stages all around Indianapolis for the last few months she goes to band practice every week is it hard yes is she having a ball yes has it unlocked so much motivation and excitement for her life yes is it helping her deal with some of the hard things in her work yes so there's another example that just popped into my head but the reason that that's really relevant is because the tickets for Stand Tall in Your Story for International Women's Day are on sale. Go to RebeccaFleetwoodHessian.com and just check out all the things that are going on. There are tickets that are by a table. 
buy a single ticket and come live or virtual. You can attend virtual. It is the seven women from Rise and Thrive that will be giving a seven-minute TED-like talk about their life and their authentic experiences. And we celebrate International Women's Day by taking their stories to the stage. Mm, It's going to be good. We have a new location this year. It's lighter. It's brighter. It's bigger. Oh, it's going to be good. So just go to my website and get caught up on all the things that are going on. In fact, sign up for my newsletter so you don't miss anything that's going on because, y'all, I got ideas that are just spinning in my head faster than I can carry antique dressers up to my bedroom to process. (laughs) Now, don't mind me. I'm going to go take a couple of ibuprofen and maybe put a heating pad on my back. All right, y'all. I love you. I love you. I love you. I mean it. I mean it. I mean it. Make it a great day. Thanks for listening to this episode. I would love it if you would go to Apple Podcasts and leave a rating and a review. And then you can go to RebeccaFleetwoodHessian.com and join the Badass Women's Council. And if you really want to take a deeper dive, join the movement of a thousand thriving women. There's amazing Thrive tools there for you today. Love you, mean it. I'm not coming down. Hey, y'all, fun fact, if you like the music for the podcast, that is actually my son, Cameron Hessian, and I would love it if you would go to Spotify and iTunes and follow him and download some of his other music. My personal favorite is TV Land.